0: G'day everyone. Thank you for staying and not making a beeline to the industrial freezer. I appreciate that. Um, We have a lot of science types in the room right now, so I thought I'd kick off with a fact so we can all learn something together. Dim Sims are made of pigeon. I'm credible. I'm behind a microphone. I'm at a science event. But you are now going through this thing, challenging your worldview. Do you believe that? Is that something you take on board? Do you demand proof? Or is this Schrodinger's takeaway food, where it both is and isn't pigeon until you look into it yourself? Because that is the story that we're exploring tonight. What happens when new information comes that you don't quite know is real? Now, we're going to look a lot larger than a fried dim sum. We're actually going universal size. Now, science has had some of these moments in the past. When Galileo came across this idea that we're not the centre of the universe, and he had to tell the Pope, it was a long time ago, so I don't know how he did it, maybe fax machine, to say, we are doing laps around the sun, rethink everything. Now, this story goes that I'm going to talk about 100 years ago to this very moment. Now, an amazing physicist changed everything, and that physicist's name was Albert Einstein. He produced the theory of general relativity, linking space-time, linking light and mass, explaining how the universe works. Now, the Einstein of 1916 is not the science superhero that we know today. He was a respected physicist, he was leading the German Physical Society, but he wasn't the superstar. So as an analogy, if he was a musical hero, he'd be an Australian Idol winner. He wasn't Beyonce. He would have been recognized as a really smart dude, but not an Einstein. <laughs> but with great claims becomes the need for great proof. Now, he wasn't making up fake facts about dim sims like I was. No, he was redesigning the fundamentals of the universe. So enter our protagonist, Arthur Stanley Eddington. He was a Brit. He was born in 1882. He was smart. He learnt and I heard this in one of his um, uh, biographies. his 24 times tables. I feel like we've lost a bit of um, maths in the last century Um, and he could learn them before he could write. He was a smart lad with a stellar career. All the good things. He got his honours degree in physics. He worked as an astronomer for the Royal Greenwich Observatory and he was made a fellow of the Royal Society. So if you want a visual of Eddington, Um, just imagine David Tennant in period British suits with small rounded glasses, because Tennant actually played him in a 2008 BBC documentary, so that is actually what he looks like. (laughs) So Eddington was the first person to receive Einstein's work translated into English, and one of the few people in the world that could actually do the maths behind it. So he was smart, and he knew it. Um, Around this time, he was asked the question, um, is it true that there's only three people in the world that understand and can do the maths behind this theory of relativity? And he kind of paused, and the journalist was like, don't be shy, just take the compliment. He's like, no, 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 I just don't know who the third person would be. (laughs) So a quick aside about... um, Eddington is he also made a contribution to cycling. So he literally came up with the cycling version of the H index. And it's called the Eddington number, the E number. And what he wanted to measure was like how hardcore you were a cyclist. So your E number, this is real, is how many times, E times, you've ridden E miles in a day. So if you've ridden 50 miles 50 times, your E number is 50. and it gets more complex, of course, because then if you want to ride get to 60, you then have to discard anything below the number 60. So I know there are some hipster cyclers on their fixie in this room, but if you want to be up there with a physicist, great. Eddington's E number was 84. <laughs> so Einstein, now I don't know if I need to do this bit, but if you need a visual, he looks a lot like Andy Circus with a moustache and curly hair, at least that's what it looked like in the 2008 BBC documentary. (laughs) But he put forward his theory as well as how he could test it. Now this was a time before large hadron colliders, this was a time before particle accelerators. So how can you test something where there's a need for speed and mass? So his theory was this, that um, due to relativity, light would bend, it would bend around the sun. Now, the real challenge here is you can't see that because, by definition, the sun is in the way. This is not something that's possible until it is. So now a bit of context is needed. So in this period, the theory of general relativity, what he was doing is he was chucking out all of Newton's work. He was redefining that. And Newton was England's greatest ever scientist. The year was 1916. And the context here was that it's World War I, the Great War, in full flight, the UK on one side, and Germany, Austria, Hungary on the other. A war that would see 70 million people involved in the fight. And here he was, an Austrian physicist, upending the world of physics. And who would it be to respond to try to prove his work? A British man in England, Arthur Eddington. So Eddington was a religious man, he was a Quaker, um, and they're pacifists by nature. So during the war, as a Quaker, he had no intention of fighting. In fact, he was planning on stepping out the fight as a conscientious objector, to be exempt and to continue his work. Then conscription happens. He was dragged before multiple tribunals to hear his case, to plead his case that his work was important. He never got exempted, but he got a two-year extension, long enough to see out the Great War. So it wasn't possible until it was. And it's almost as if it's a scene from a Tintin comic that the chance Eddington would have to test this theory in the real world with real data would happen on the 29th of May in 1919. A total solar eclipse, the moon completely blacking out the sun would occur, the path of totality cutting across Brazil, the Atlantic Ocean, and into West Africa. This would be it. Six minutes and 51 seconds where Einstein's theory, history's greatest ever scientist, with his greatest ever theory being tested in the world. World War I is at an end. The tensions are still high. Eddington leaves on a boat on an expedition to West Africa, in Principe, an island off the coast. He sends another team to Brazil to be there in the field. So there they are, the sun, the most massive object in our solar system, would, according to Einstein, warp space-time in this way that the known locations of the star field behind it would move. You could measure the distance between where they were perceived to be and where the stars were known to be. They spent a month in the field setting up equipment in the jungles of this remote area off Africa, praying for clear skies for this six-minute window, kind of like stargazing live, but with malaria. On that day, guys were clear. He took his photo plates from Brazil, from Africa, back to the UK to make measurements. Now, I don't know if you've had a chance to read the paper, but spoiler alert, Einstein was correct. Eddington published his results and the papers went absolutely bonkers. The headline on the Times read, Revolution in Sciences, New Theory of Universe, Newtonian Ideas Overthrown. This is what launched Einstein to superstardom an experiment that really helped link the post-war rift between, um, across Europe, a re- way to rethink about the universe, science diplomacy at its finest. Now, there was, of course, still pushback. There was a lot of anti-German, anti-Austrian sentiment at the time. Um, and you're overturning this theory that scientists have grown up on for generations. But Eddington was a man of science, of reason, someone who sought the truth regardless of where it came from. So to quell concerns, there was a follow-up expedition, actually right here in Australia, in the next eclipse opportunity in 1922. It involved donkeys carrying tons of equipment and a one and a half meter telescope to a remote West Australian beach to capture the next eclipse. Now this one had enormous fanfare, but it had no surprise results, reconfirming the theory. And next year is 2019. There's going to be another total solar eclipses. They generally happen somewhere on the planet every two years. This time it's going to be cutting through Chile, and I'm going to have a chance to be there with a small delegation on an expedition to recreate this experiment using modern equipment, measuring in pixels, as well as 100-year-old telescopes. Now, we're not expecting any new science to happen, no new discoveries. What we do want to do is celebrate and recognise Eddington's achievements in doing this remarkable expedition. This is an experiment that's only been done 10 times in human history. Einstein won the Nobel Prize in 1921. Eddington was knighted for his work. And to finish up, to talk about the work that he did, he wrote this poem. Oh, leave the wise, our measure to collate. One thing at least certain, light has weight. One thing is certain, and the rest debate. Light rays when near the sun, do not go straight. Thank you.